Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's second Wednesday books and authors show with our friends Books Forward, right? So go to booksforward.com. Today, we're excited to welcome Chrissy Holm. She is joining us to talk about her new memoirs called Finding Sunlight. I love the title. Uh, Finding Sunlight, a coming-of-age memoir about love within the wreckage of purity culture. Now, we've been hearing a lot of this happening this year and the year before, and this is something that's been going on in our country for a long time. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, obviously, her, her memoir. Um, it is out November 14th uh, through Wise Inc., so November 14th, 2023. But I encourage you to go to her website because she's also got a killer podcast called Stirred by Words. So go to chrissyholm.com, and that's C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-H-O-L-M. So I'm just proving I can spell because she likes words. So welcome, Chrissy. How are you? Great. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate uh, coming on the show. Hey, this is cool. And I think it takes um, cojones. Am I allowed to say that on a purity culture show? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, of to course. To talk about this and bring it out to the table because, I mean, you know, we travel the country full time and you can tell what's happening by billboards and it's kind of creepy <laughs> some places and then, you know, other places completely not like that. Um, but to be able to communicate and even be here, you know, um, to talk about purity culture is kind of a hard thing, I think, for people to swallow and understand. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think there's, I mean, everyone's got a different perspective on it. Some people don't even know what purity culture means. And some people yeah, are maybe we should start green. there, shouldn't we? Maybe explain what it is. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, in my experience, it purity culture really is, um, was about like conservative religious practices that promoted abstinence before marriage. Um, that's one part of purity culture, but then also like traditional gender roles and um, like discouraging mm-hmm. anything outside of man, woman, heterosexual marriage, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're not a hundred percent straight, then it's, it's a no, no. And so we're still going through that right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, with every, you know, everyone's got their spiritual beliefs and, and belief systems, but there's a lot of cruelty being packaged in with this. And if you're supposed to be very Christian, aren't you supposed to be kind? And I don't like the word tolerant. That's a, that's like, oh, I tolerate you. No, acceptance would be the word. Absolutely. But yet in some Christian, like conservative spaces, it's, it hasn't been that accepting. So it's like almost like a little hypocritical, like hypocritical, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then if you're bisexual, now that's kind of a freaky thing. Like it, it, for people now, is it easier to just like, oh, I'm lesbian. Then is that more accepting? Or is it, if you're bi, I think if you're a guy, it's even worse if you're bi, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely. And then if you're black, you're screwed, you know? Yeah. Ex- exactly. There's so much like erasure of a bi, like bisexuality and, um, mm-hmm. depending on like, your privilege, like I'm white and I have more privilege than others, you know, like it, yeah, it's definitely a thing. So growing up and if you're in that culture and mm-hmm. there's no communication, like I know growing, I grew up in South Africa in Kenya and England, but there, there wasn't when the time I was in England, it was more the punkier. It was going on. It was fun. But um, 
we didn't, there was no real talk about it other than not anything pleasant, but there was no real um, education mm-hmm. in the schools. And so I don't know what it was like here, but if you are in that kind of community and being raised by, you know, the purity culture community, how hard is it to go through and discover who you are on not just who you are? You talk about that in, in the memoir. It's like, you know, I got to find out who I am, but like now no one's talking about me, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Like you don't have any type of representation of kind of how you feel inside. But then also like part of my story, I was homeschooled. So I was pulled out of public school and even more immersed into that world of like, these are the only people that we talk to. And this is the only way we think kind of a a thing. That's kind of crazy. The homeschooling, I think I thought it was pretty cool. And in some ways I think, oh, that's a cool, like, it's scary nowadays when so many school shootings and things that I think, oh, well, maybe that'll work. And then I go, maybe not for certain people. You know, um, we actually did an interview with someone who was all about homeschooling and wrote a book about how to teach your kids. And we thought, oh, the book's cool. And then he came on the show. And by the time he was done, we had to delete the interview and not do it because we were going because it was weird. Like his kids didn't want to be anywhere else. They kept coming home and like he's his way is the only way. Yes. Mm. It was so like his kids were brainwashed. Yep. And that's kind of how I even felt in because we were home. So I was homeschooled at my church and it was involved with like just a few other families. But like kind of like you're saying that brainwashing of uh, a lot of it was like my dad's way or, you know, no way kind of a thing. Not only my like my biological father, but like the father in heaven. So it was, it was a lot to, to be able to like step out of mm-hmm. that world. Well, you start your, your memoir off playing truth or dare. And I went, Oh, oh. as soon as I saw that, I was like, I remember what we did as kids with that. And then it was true. You're going for the dares and the dares start to get really crazy. Um, but one part of it really, I thought was such a brilliant way to set up the memoir and get people to understand the story immediately was how you understood about, you know, you were going to marry your best friend there. Um, and even not being able to tell another best friend, right? Uh, what was going on as, as kids, but, um, having like being able to pretend. Mm-hmm. And so you knew this is a, pre- like, this is pretend. This is real, but like, where's that balance come from? Especially being young when you start to figure it out. And then there's that side of us that always wants to close down the, the truth, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like as kids, you are trying to figure out what should you should and shouldn't tell. Like, but even from a young age, like, I mean, thinking right now, so I'm potty training my daughter and she will say like, oh, no, I didn't pee my pants. You know, like it's even like that kind of thing. It's little and totally different than what um, Mm -hmm. is in that truth or dare scene. But like kids have it even at like before three years old is. I didn't do it. No. Yeah, exactly. Or like just what should I keep away? What, what's going to happen if I say this out loud to X, Y, Z person? Ooh. So then, um, how do you find the sunlight? Like, how is that journey in life? And then also, um, being married and then you married a man now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So everybody, now that's a shock. You know, everybody's like, no, wait, if you're by, then you're going to be with a woman. Right. So that's kind of that too, but having kids. And so going like finding sunlight, I love the title. How is that? Does writing help? Yeah, I think when I first started writing this, it 
started to become like a journey. I thought it was just, oh, my, you know, my parents got divorced. I need somewhere to process it. And I didn't even think this is going to be a full length book or anything like that. But then as I like dug into it a little bit more and I was getting feedback from uh, other writers, they were like, well, you got to make this story unique. And then um, there's like the scene about me being homeschooled at my church. And then they're like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more. So ultimately like part of writing the story has been some of that healing journey. I think really throughout the last 10 years, I've also just through therapy, through uh, just finding other resources. Cause like what we were just talking about earlier is a lot of things I would only have one view of. um, And something that I've always challenged myself to do is just like, look at all the different aspects, look at all these different um, ideas. And that's really what kind of helped me to like get out of this, just this one mindset. Um, Mm. Yeah. So it's been a long journey. Writing has been part of it. Um, But finding sunlight, like, I don't want to give too much away in there, but it's just kind of that ultimately like that coming of age journey from like being so immersed in uh, purity culture and church and everything to like where I am today. You know, and then writing and at the same time, it's like revisiting something over and over can also be painful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's painful. It's therapeutic. But then there's times where it's like, okay, enough of it already. Like, I don't want to go back there. Yes. You know what I mean? I don't want to see that again, you know, in my mind. And, you know, because we're like you're saying, we're really good at hiding it away. And you know, mm-hmm. and then it comes out in the weirdest places, the most yeah. inappropriate times. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Yes. And really, you know? throughout the, yeah. And like throughout life and the book and everything, like there's, there's different secrets that come out and mm. it's just like to even just talking about it right now, it just reminds me like, you, I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking about it, but that's something that has always been my fear. I always want to challenge that fear, like mm. talking about it. And that's part of how I've grown too. Do you think, um, you know, the book coming out, Are you going to do public speaking? Are you going to go and do talks? I mean, do book clubs, that kind of thing? Or is how does that feel for you? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think I'm pretty open to whatever. I don't have, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have kind of plans in my head, but not really. I'm just more of like, this is the journey and I'm going to see where Mm -hmm. it takes me on. Um, I think a lot of times I've always thought like right and wrong, do this, do this, do not do that. So like, that's part of my like upbringing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, as I like start to plan things of what, I, where do I want this book to take me? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm kind of like, we'll see, you know? Um, and maybe that's not the right approach, but um, that's just kind of what I, I do. How do, how do you feel about God now? Like religion? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, I have a friend who's gay and he went through, I mean, and he, he, he's managed to go, this is my spiritual belief. And um, other people have, and his, in a way, like misrepresented religion, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Of what the true purity is, right? Yeah. Like purity is kindness and, you know, all that, you know, and, and we're supposed to procreate and have fun. Otherwise it, we wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Supposed to, but, um, exactly. He's had to go through a lot of thought on religion and find it like the center and it's, it takes time. Yeah. And I think it's for me in my experience, like it, it's always going to be a journey. Like I'm going to always kind of think back to 
what I was taught growing up and who is that God to me? I can change what I think of um, if I want that like God figure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of my good friends who actually also grew up in that church, uh, she was like, well, that because we've had conversations after I told her like this book's coming out and she's like, um, she's like, Oh, that's just not the God that I interpreted when we were growing up. So like, even in that experience, yeah. Reminded me that like, we have such different interpretations. So like growing up now is like, I can switch my interpretation um, or change or adapt of what I want God to, to be, you know, to me. God's a woman. Yeah. And I've decided that I've decided (laughs) that. And sometimes, well, like this sounds weird, but our car, like our car is like, I name cars because I drive a lot Yeah, and the car becomes your friend on the road. And then sometimes she's a boy and sometimes she's a girl. It depends on what road we're doing. I know that makes no sense, but her names are always very interesting over it. Um, The names of cars over the years have been interesting because I think both qualities are important and you can shift and change. And it's important what you said about changing mindset. You're allowed to grow. And I feel like sometimes those kind of, um, we are supposed to, we're supposed to transcend, you know, and change and morph and learn. And some of those kinds of practices, the purity culture, as we were talking, wants to keep you in this little box. Mm-hmm. And this is what you will believe. And that's like, you're all going to wear. That's why I hated uniforms when I was a kid in school. God, I hated uniforms. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where's your (laughs) self-expression? Well, I tore, I I did things. I had a hat in one school. They made you wear a hat and the hat somehow just always ended up under the school bus. Hmm, I wonder. (laughs) You know, and you know, there was uh, our expression in one boarding school was, putting ladders in our sweaters, rolling our socks was a no, no, you're not allowed to roll your sock. Wow. Heaven forbid if anyone sees that ankle. Jeez. Yeah. Right. That's who you're tempting. My friend, my best friend had a, we called her the double decker hair. Like she had platinum blonde. She had it dyed and then dark. Oh, so wow. she had this, like, it was cool. And you yeah. know, it was like white and cho- dark chocolate all one, you know? And I was like, dude, that's really cool. She got, in detention for a full month, every single day in boarding school, I was permanently in detention because I skipped school and skipped. I walked out. I did whatever I wanted, but because I learned, don't write down you're leaving for a walk. You just walk out. Just go. But just yeah. Once yeah. they once they put you in detention, you're like, that's it. Then I'm in detention, and I'll just go. And I'm not in the little room. But anyway, she got a full month detention for doing her hair that way. Whereas another friend got caught smoking and she got like a week or two weeks, I think, detention. And I'm like, where are we here on this? Yeah. 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 So it, it, one is self-expression and the other one is really bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it kind of true though, how that kind of thing is that way? That is that weird twisted rules expectations but then you want to like step out of it be a little rebellious and uh kind of fi- carve your own path yeah yeah rebellion is good mm-hmm. yeah i Heck think yeah. Gro- yeah i think growing up i just didn't rebel so like i i felt like i still had to follow i said follow it follow it follow it and then 
you know, as I've part of that, like coming of age, growing up, um, this, I don't know what you'd call it, but, uh, (laughs) is that like, oh, okay. I don't, I can, like, I can rebel. I can Mm -hmm. be able to express how I actually feel and think in this situation. Mm -hmm. How do you handle it? Like thinking about your parents today, especially Mm -hmm. your father. I mean, how do you not like have like a lot of anger or (laughs) how do you, (laughs) I mean, there are days (laughs) (laughs) to say that I've fully like healed from not being angry would be a lie. Like there's definitely days that I, Mm -hmm. I I feel it. Um, But I think it just kind of reminds me of like giving grace to the fact that like we're human, we make mistakes. Mm We, I'm going to do dumb stuff and my dad might have made some poor choices as well but also there's goodness in us so like i think instead of it being just like so like black and white just thinking about like the nuances yeah right because everyone's human Mm -hmm. and something led them to that situation too right why why in why in that kind of culture you know and i look at it what's scary to me is like we do have like like Scientology and stuff running around going, I mean, this stuff is kind of cult-like. It is a cult to me. And Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever someone is trying to control you in some way, it's a cult. Period. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I find it, um, yeah, you have to undo and it's really mean when it's from when you're a kid. It's very hard. It's so ingrained in who you are in a sense. Like, I think I even catch myself in like full-time job stuff, like doing things that like habits that I would do when I was growing up. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, let's actually think about this. I think that's part of like growing up. We were taught like not to think essentially, like you're just a woman, you're an empty vessel, that kind of. (sighs) Yeah. So it's like, (sighs) and then, then, then I'll pause and I'll think and I'll be like, wait, I'm a critical thinking adult now who has learned let's pause and think about it. So it's just, like I said, it's never perfect, but it, it, that's what comes up for me. Well, I think part of, you know, number one, your writing is incredible. You're so fast and you put us right in the scene and listening to your podcast. I was like, you think you do pause and think. And I think writing does that. When you look at it as a craft and an art form, you know, there's journaling where you get it out. Right. And then there's crafting, taking those pieces, making it work. Like I write songs and stuff like that and articles and, and all that. But in songwriting, there's this, like you do have to cut this part out, which sometimes really sucks. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But yeah. it slows you down to really think about what, and and what you think, like when you start writing something, thinking this is why I'm doing it. This is the the mode. This is, and sometimes by the time you've written, you're like, no, I don't believe that now. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and I, a lot of the things that I learned over the years of like writing this is like in 10 years, I'm going to look back and say, well, maybe I didn't think about this or like I learned something new about this Ooh. experience. Like that's, I think one of the harder parts about memoir specifically is like, you're always going to be changing and growing and have a different mm. perspective than you did when you first wrote it, uh, essentially. That's interesting, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're because you, and that's a good thing though. Mm-hmm. You want to grow, and that's integrity to self. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, 
And that's the hard thing is finding that integrity, that bone and like, okay, you know, and you don't have to tell the world everything, but like having that balance and story, what was it that motivated you to actually write it and go beyond journaling? I mean, because you can obviously write, so you could do all kinds of things. And I know you do a lot about mindfulness and meditations. I like your meditation. I'm like, you're gonna, we're gonna go outside. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, you know, parks and public lands are my thing, and yes. hiking and all of that. So, but um, what was it that you said? Okay, I'm actually gonna share the story with the world. Yeah, I think, like I said, how I originally started it was kind of trying to process my parents' divorce, and that started out more journaling, but then like. I I just realized that there was more to the story that I felt like could help other people Mm. at least make them feel heard. Kind of like I've heard the saying, it's like a window into somebody's life or like a mirror into your own life. Like I really wanted to help somebody that was experiencing something similar to know that Mm -hmm. you can like get out of it. Um, You can grow out of something um, that might've been harmful to you growing up. Mm -hmm. I think, Everybody has something somewhere. Yeah. And I yeah. think these stories help, even if it's not the similar, it, it could be completely different, but mm-hmm. there's that vein of overcoming, right? And Absolutely. and seeing self-value. And I think that's the hard part is the self-worth. When something traumatic has happened in your life, especially from a young age, is a lot of times they take your self-worth away mm-hmm. and to rebuild that self-worth and, and to that's the hard part and have that confidence and self-belief and, you know, and so actively practicing and writing things like that kind of help you put your brain into gear, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I'm a big person on like empathy and like trying to understand people's stories. Like that's how I feel like the world can be a better place. I mean, just to Mm. simplify it. (laughs) I mean, obviously there's more to it, but like, I feel like we just need to keep hearing people's stories. So I don't feel like my story is super unique to anybody else. Like, yeah, I know you're not alone. It feels better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just a part of also why I wrote it is just to like encourage others to, to write their stories to whether mm. you get it published or not, like whether you do it in different ways, like podcasting mm. or writing music or hiking in nature. Like yeah. there's so many different ways you can express it, but just getting those stories out from within you, I think is um, being conscious and not being like, you know, call up all blebbery and a friend and go way, 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 you know, yeah. um, that, well, it's hard because emo- sometimes you, your emotions, right. Once you tap into something, there's the emotional side and that that's good. That means you're feeling and feeling is good, but it's how to tap and, and move the emotions to clarity and consciousness and, go, okay, I don't need to hurt myself. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to re- relive the, that's the thing, reliving the trauma. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the hard thing because when you're writing, you want people to feel, but not necessarily, you don't want to have to experience again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which makes me think of like one of the, one of my writing instructors had us do this um like exercise and it was like, okay, go write like what your day to day is. So you wrote, what did you do from start to finish that day? And then you like narrow it in. Okay. What did you think of like a moment where you felt uh, heightened or like nervous or whatever feeling? And then you hone in. So like 
break that down even further. And then it gets to like, you just keep going deeper and deeper. And then you realize like, oh, the reason I look out back my window is because I got my car stolen two years ago. And I look at that outside every single day because I'm always constantly thinking about my safety. Wow. You know? Ooh. And then yeah. when you get like that, now that's like a little mild form of, of paranoia. <laughs> right. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. Like, yeah. Well, now, I'm, you know, I'm like that in hotel rooms. But You know, I don't want to unpack the whole car. Please don't make me un- unpack the whole car and just then for just, one night. <laughs> yeah. And it brings back like, okay, well, why, why don't you want to unpack? So it just keeps on, um, going deeper inside whether you share it with people or not it's just like the practice of like getting deeper and trying to understand like why that's consciousness though and that's Mm -hmm. what makes good writing is consciousness right it's really thinking about okay is this word there just a stuff in a word or you know do you do you believe like every word on a page is is something even if it's a a and you but if you know yeah Yeah, exactly the the the, (laughs) you know what i mean all the words have to have that's that crafting part. And then it's like, oh, okay, do I need this in my life? You know? Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. when you're writing, whether it's like a song or memoir or whatever, it's, you start writing for yourself, essentially like mm-hmm. journaling, you're writing for yourself. And then as you start to craft things, you start to chisel things out. And then like the next draft becomes for like a close friend and then the next one and the next one, you know, like, so it, it it's does. Joyous. Kind of start, if it you know. go, goes from the, the caca to the joy. Right. Yep. So one thing I, I wanted to say is like when people go through something traumatic and especially something from childhood and it's lived, you know, lived, 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 especially I would say your circumstance, it's almost like having to break an addiction and not mm-hmm. that you were addicted saying, Oh, now I want to be an addict. Right. That's not, but it is breaking that kind of, just way of thinking habits it's like everything it's like yeah. being reborn but don't everybody don't <laughs> right um, yeah, yeah yeah sorry yeah, yeah. I, I did no that. you're good I'm I'm just, i know you're just fine it, there's a reason for these terms and then why they yeah, come i know up. yeah but you know what i mean it's like yeah. A, yeah it is a renewal how about mm-hmm. that a rebirth or a renewal like you know of, of finding who you are and then trying to keep on that path. That's why I love the book cover too. Finding sunlight is like perfect. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of really just like going into the side, like trying to figure out like, where is that path and how do you carve it for you to become that new person and knowing that's okay to go backwards and go sideways and go diagnose, you know, like it's never going to be a straight path. No, no. And you have to go back sometimes to go forwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like if you're stuck in a rut in a car, right, in in a muddy road, and you're gonna you you can't just keep spinning. Sometimes you have to go backwards to be able to rock to go forwards, and that sucks too because sometimes you never know what's behind you, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and you you said you've done a lot of hiking, so like a lot of this inspiration came too from like I've done a lot of hiking, and that's mm. kind of when I think of like the path, like on my hiking trips, I've been thinking, or I've thought about like, okay, well, how did I get from A to B, you know, like, and you're, you're taking your steps and you're thinking about it. And sometimes you have to stop because you don't have water and you have to take, you know, a little time out um, to do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hiking, hiking is, we actually started a Facebook group, one hour walk, hashtag one hour walk, everyone. <laughs> um, and, and, and I do a lot of dog walking, so I'm not as observant as like, if I'm just hiking or walking, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'll be dog walking and dog's going to take you here and there, which also teaches you 
about being observant because the dogs sniff things that you wouldn't think of looking at. Then you're like, oh, what's that? You know, and to me, it's a meditational practice. You start to notice things. Even if you're walking the same path every day, something is going to be different. And it's like being observant of the seasons of everything. Oh, this is going to grow. Like growing a garden is awesome because it's like, oh, did this bloom? You know, I'm terrible. I'm one of those who will run outside 10 times just to, you know, check. Yeah. Yeah. Just like lifting up the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to yeah. see who, who's coming out, you know, to play, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think exactly. that part of it, it, and it's a good way to channel your thoughts. Mm hmm. You know, in a, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's the breathing. Is it, do you think breathing has to do with it? Yeah. I mean, that's a bit, I mean, I think so. I've done a lot of, like you said, meditations and that's kind of been a part of that healing for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's learning how to like breathe and, um, not only just like, like closing your eyes and breathing, but like if you're in a, in height, like in a heightened state of like something's going wrong or like you can feel like your heartbeat increasing and stuff like that just like going back to breathing is a good practice to like feel calm and um just like ground you right like get you back to to where you are Mm. grounding is good Mm -hmm. yeah it feels Mm -hmm. good when a lot of times like growing up i'm a lot more in my head and you kind of feel like you're all over the place um so like grounding is especially important at least in my perspective yeah. And being barefoot helps. Yeah. I like being barefoot. I have a friend who uh, does barefoot walking and hiking and, Ooh. and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then no, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I think when I was a kid, I was all into that stuff. You know, I was younger and, and, you know, and yep. I had really good thick soles, you know, my feet were like, no, impenetrable at that point. But now okay. it's like, oh, adulthood just, you know, messes us up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Back out and tough. But she's like, you're more conscious if you're barefoot and you're connected with nature, you know, and the ground. Yeah. You kind of have to watch a little bit more. You have to be a little bit more observant and just, um, yeah, your, your, your feet get tougher too. Yeah. That's what I say. I had that. Yeah. Shaka Zulu, um, the Zulu warrior in South Africa to get the British because they were part of the, you know, the, the, Zulu and the British fought and then there was the Boer War and the Zulus got involved in that too. But um he took his guys and he was just, you know, born into this. Like he had to deal with this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Became this big warrior and he got hit and he he was a very smart in battle. He he did what was like he would go around a a, a crawl and what is a crawl? Um I don't know how to explain it, but it was basically he followed the shape of a buffalo head. And so when the Boers and the British would, you know, they'd have their little wagons and they put them in a circle, which is a crawl. So I don't know how to explain it. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to go from Dutch into that. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. (laughs) Anyway, so, but he would go in and circle them and just nail them in. Like just with his warriors would come in. He was really good battle strategist and they went, he went barefoot and he made his warriors, all his soldiers, run barefoot. I mean, they were pretty much naked with a little loincloth thingies yeah. running, you know, through the wilderness and in Africa with their snakes and thorns. I mean, thorn trees, everything, you know, whatever's beautiful is going to bite you. You could die. Yeah. He made them run over hot coals. I'm like, Tony Robbins has nothing on this, yeah. man. <laughs> Dude. And so they ran over thorns. He made them run over everything to toughen their feet. And that's how they won. Mm. 
Wow. They kicked butt. And it was about being 100% with nature because he believed you shoes and stuff like that that's in your way. Yeah. Oh, wow. That crazy? That is so crazy. That's a good story, too. Wow. Yeah, Shiraka Zulu is, um, if you ever see the documentary, I encourage you to, there's a, well, there's a documentary, but there's a movie when I was a kid. Um, I'll find it and, and email it to you, but there was a series in South Africa and Henry Sele was the actor. Uh, Sele is C-E-L-E. Okay. Um, and so that's the one you want. Anything else is like subpar. I'm serious. Okay. Cool. Don't yeah. watch the other. It's like the series and it's crazy. <laughs> Crazy because they have witches, the Sangoma and the Tokoloshi come out and fire and like all kinds of witch doctory stuff. It's good, man. Ooh, but it is about so like it is about a total mindset mm-hmm. about being like, this is what I want. How am I going to get there? Having to step backwards, like you're talking about it. It's just this whole story, and it's a true story, which is and really good music. Yeah, all it checks it's all important. the boxes. Yeah. Yes. Everything. Yes. Yeah, Everyone should out. watch it. It's the eighties did everything right. Okay. I'm just saying eighties, <laughs> man. I, although I'm a nineties kid, so <laughs> I know, but, but the eighties, like, come on movies, you got to go back a bit, you know, you got to go in the eighties and have some fun, you know? Yes. So were you allowed to watch movies and things like that? Like how tight yeah. did they get on things? Uh, yeah. That's a good question. So some movies, the eighties yes. were naughty and then nineties got a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely like things that were frowned upon. Um I'm trying to think of movies. I think so TV there was shows no Kurt Cobain for you and No. No. No, not at all. Um, no Pearl Jam. No. No, no, I think I heard Pearl Jam later in life. Yeah, I was like, wow. Uh, I mean, I was still probably in my teenage years, but I should have heard it way way before teenage years, but yeah. I think of like TV shows like The Simpsons, never watched that. Um, wow. yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones, but like, yeah, there's just, or like Titanic, they didn't want us watching that. So <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, South Africa, you know, we didn't have much TV mm-hmm. and so everything also came from England pretty much. And so South Africa was, um, when we left the Rocky Horror Picture Show was unbanned. The Exorcist was banned. So it was the first things we did was like watch The Exorcist. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, N- Nancy, my mom, um, her water broke with me while she was watching The Exorcist at the movies and that oh, freaked wow. people out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that is a story. And she finished the rest of the movie before going to the hospital. But anyway, like, apparently well, I came out talking quite a bit. Yeah. So that freaked everybody out, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, the, the, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show was banned. All these things were banned. And if they had a picture of Jesus on the cross, they put little boxes and little stars over things so mm-hmm. you couldn't see his peepee. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah. a big shenanigan. And, um, yeah, nothing, nothing like when we got to this country, I was in complete culture shock. Like, wow. And I'm American, you know, but, and, and South Africa was with it. I mean, it was pretty much the most westernized you know, country there. And, um, boy, was I not prepared. Yeah. I was the first thing seeing TV on in the middle of the day. And it was a talk show. Like, I think it was like a, like a, what's that guy that, that mayor that had a talk show. 
I don't know. Oh. See, neither one of us are going to be good at this. No, I'm t- I'm so bad. Jerry Springer. Jerry <laughs> oh, Springer. Yeah. Of and course. they had all these people fighting and carrying on stage. I was horrified. I was like, is this how Americans are? <laughs> yeah. And then I remember hearing like AM radio, talk radio, where there was some like militia <sighs> thing going on. And I'm like, oh, my God, we just left Africa through all this drama. And we're right back here. Like oh. they've got guns. They're going to do all this stuff to people. I was freaked out for quite yeah. a while. Getting to know this so. country, that kind yeah. of so that's got a, a to me is that kind of similar for you, like yeah, in I think a way, yeah. So I was yeah, I was homeschooled first through third grade. So um, I mean, I was still just kind of learning about things, and that those those years were like really like can't watch, you can't do, and then it started loosening up a little bit after. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like I realized how much like education. I'm not saying that movies and TV necessarily are all education, but like how much things I was missing, like even just like, it's funny. Cause you bring it up. Like I'm a terrible person with pop culture. And for the, for a while there, I was like, Oh, I just don't like pop pop culture. But I think it's because of growing up, I wasn't allowed to watch some of those oh. things. So like, that's why I've never been involved in it. So yeah, I mean, I think it is definitely a similar feeling. Um, and just learning like, Oh, wow. There's, there's a lot more out there than just this one way of thinking. Mm. Oh, but I'm glad you're telling your story and thanks for doing it. Yeah. Brave soul. <laughs> like seriously. Cause you know, I know it's every time we do shows like this, I get people that message me and say things and I'm like, all right, whatever. You'll grow up one day. Maybe it's just <laughs> not your time, you know, cause everybody grows at that's the other part. Mm-hmm. It's like, some people are not going to grow sometimes in their timeline of things that you want them to grow into or understand. And everybody has a different time of learning, you know, mm-hmm. and even in relationships, one person could be growing this way, the other person not, you know, right. so that's think, hard. Yeah, absolutely. I think, mm. yeah, yeah. I think for the longest time I was like, well, I'm, I'm young. Am I too young to tell this story? And I think I, Mm -mm. as I get older, I'm like thinking about it. Like, no, you're never too young to tell a story, you know, never too young and you're never too old. Yep. Exactly. It is what it is. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think, like I was saying, I think it, it gets people to understand, think, you know, man, you're, and this is the land of the free, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) we won't start (laughs) we won't go there (laughs) i'm about to get in trouble again but it's all good (laughs) oh man i know beep beep here comes the emails and the social media attacks and all that stuff oh Uh, well we don't we don't allow that kind of stuff that nonsense but chrissy it has been a real pleasure i want people to know again finding sunlight comes out November 14th. You can pre-order it. You can go go to Chrissy's website. It's the best place. ChrissyHolm.com. And that's C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-H-O-L-M. I'm always spelling on the show <laughs> unless I'm messing up people's names, which I always do. Um, but it's Finding Sunlight, a coming-of-age memoir about love within the wreckage of purity culture. Wow. Good title. And go listen to Chrissy's podcast, Stirred by Words. I encourage you to do that. It's, it's delightful. In fact, I, I'm like, I have to go back. I wasn't done. So... <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, really. I also want to give a shout out to Books Forward. We love doing these shows and um, we've been working with Books Forward. They have the best authors, really. Um, we've been, uh, we've been since before even podcasting. So I would say about 20 years we've been, um, just they always have the best authors and, uh, 
just rep and they represent authors who do amazing work like Chrissy. So we appreciate them. So thanks so much, Chrissy. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for this great conversation. And I appreciate oh, your yeah. time and energy. Awesome. Awesome. And best wishes with the book. Let's get it out there. Bestseller. Come on. Woohoo. Yeah. Get her. Thank Get you. her. Thank you. <laughs>